0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, February twenty first, twenty twenty. Today, Rohrabacher confirms he offered a pardon to Assange. It's debate night in America. Last night, Roger Stone is sentenced. Trump hires a Cambridge Analytica alumnus for his campaign. Mulvaney admits Republicans are deficit hypocrites. A man is indicted for threatening the whistleblower's attorney. The judge postpones their emergency meeting. The judge Mm -hmm. association. They postpone that meeting. Russia is interfering. Uh, in 2020 to help Trump and ICE unlawfully arrest immigrants at courthouses. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. Hello. So, thank you for coming for, for me yesterday. Mm-hmm, did you welcome. guys talk about the Rohrabacher thing? We did not. Nope. Yep. Okay, so apparently Assange, uh, there there's uh, new information that Assange was offered a pardon mm-hmm. by Trump from Rohrabacher, well, by Rohrabacher, from Trump.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And that pardon was going to be in exchange for saying that Russia didn't have anything to do with the hack mm-hmm. in 2016, mm-hmm. that WikiLeaks, you know, just, just that Russia didn't have anything to do with it. And today, Rohrabacher confirmed that. He said, yeah, I did. But uh, but I never spoke to Trump directly, I believe, is what he said. I uh, just have a sense of these things. I just... who I could just offer pardons. I just have the authority to offer pardons on, yeah. On, mm-hmm. yeah on his behalf.
5: Yeah. He said that he, uh, Assange's lawyer, Edward Fitzgerald, told the court that uh, Dana Rohrabacher went to visit Assange in the embassy in London on the instruction of the president. Hmm. Yeah. So. and well, What is it?
0: And generally lawyers don't say this shit unless they've got evidence to, to back it up. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is weird,
6: though, if your client's saying something else.
0: If his client is saying, I never
6: talked to Trump, and his lawyer is saying
0: Trump told him to do it. Well, Rorabacher is saying that. Yeah. Rorabacher's is not his client. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Oh, wait. Whose lawyer is it? Assange's, Assange's lawyer. lawyer. Oh, it's so Assange's, Assange's lawyer. lawyer is saying, saying, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This
5: congressman came at the instruction of the president and the congressman is like, oh, got I just it. went on my own volition. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. That and I think back in sense. May
0: of 2018, we did a whole, I think we had a whole part of an episode devoted to Rorabacher. He is the guy who, when I think it was Kevin McCarthy said, I think Putin pays Trump and Rorabacher. Mm-hmm. And Rohrbacher was the other guy. Very, very Russian connected. Mm-hmm. Um, Haven't heard his name in a while, though. But yeah, because we voted him out mm-hmm. um, in 2018 mm-hmm. as part of the Blue Wave. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
5: he said he'd never spoken to Trump about this, and the visit was his own fact finding mission.
0: Okay. Ah, so he lied.
6: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so was- Ugh, gross. I was just thinking, like, he's wrapped up with all of the antics then of the. the- the uh, indie indie antics, indie intelligence. Oh, like, <laughs> Go, like, like Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, yeah, and all of them <laughs> just
0: going rogue, doing their own investigations. Yeah, but eventually, but then of course Trump says he sent Rudy, mm-hmm. so we'll probably hear—I don't know, four or five months from now—that he sent Rorabacher. Mm-hmm. We just we just have to wait for him to forget that it's a secret mm. and tell us all. Yep generally how it works um we do have uh a lot of news to get to today um and jordan you're gonna mid-show you're gonna go over uh the debates Mm -hmm. wow that was that debate was fire that was a lot of feist yes Mm -hmm. that was uh that was a debate yeah it was and i think it's only gonna get fierier uh, Mm -hmm. as the debates go on yeah if bloomberg stays on that stage for sure Yeah, Mm -hmm. especially. Yes. And number two point, if Bernie is still the front runner after Nevada, South Carolina, uh, I I don't know if there's a debate before Super Tuesday. It sounds like there should be Um, there. Then he's going to be the target. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otherwise, him and Bloomberg will split the barbs probably. Yeah, because it's always front runner. And then Bloomberg, Yeah, (laughs) I think from now on, are going to be the number one target. It
5: was interesting because because of the presence of Bloomberg, I think Bernie took a lot less heat than he would have otherwise. Which was Mm -hmm. ended up being good for him.
0: Yeah. And Bloomberg actually brought that up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So uh, we do have a lot of news. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay. so big news of the day. Obviously, Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, sentenced Roger Stone today in D.C. during that sentencing hearing. Uh, Now, most people agree you might not. I've gotten I've seen mixed feelings uh, on on the socials about this but most agree it was a good day for the rule of law It was a good day for justice Uh, as we know there were two sentencing memos in this particular case the first one was for seven to nine years which was the regular sentencing guidelines plus an upward variance of eight points for violent threats against a witness as part of the witness intimidation charge and that was of course randy credico Uh, former comedian, radio host, uh, interesting fellow dog owner, (laughs) and they had threats against his dog as well. Uh, Not them, but Roger Stone specifically. And so uh, that was sort of the that was the first memo. Then Barr intervened and put out another memo um, signed by this other guy, uh, Krupp, I think, and That went out uh, to the courts and everybody flipped out and said Barr is intervening on the behalf of Trump because Trump had tweeted that the sentence, the seven to nine years was a miscarriage of justice. It was a disgrace. And um, then uh, they never withdrew the first um, sentencing memo. Mm -hmm. But then all four prosecutors who had signed on to that first sentencing memo, all four prosecutors who had been following or who've been prosecuting this case since the beginning. One by one, uh, every about three minutes or so, we would get news that the next one had also withdrawn from the case and one of them resigned from the Department of Justice altogether. Mm-hmm. So that's where we were with that. And the, interestingly, the new prosecutors on the case that were named were actually fighting on behalf of the first sentencing memo, the original sentencing memo, hmm. not the new one. Uh, I thought that was, huh, OK. Yeah, that is very strange. Yeah. And
6: who's the advocate of that second memo? It's just like a floater memo, basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ghost of, yeah, bar. Phantom memo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does come up uh, in the case. Let's go over this a little bit. Uh, it came up in the hearing today. So she had a lot to say. Judge Jackson in the beginning uh, was saying she reviewed both memos, noting that the first memo had not been withdrawn, as as we said. She also said she read and considered all the letters sent to her, either in support of Stone or the prosecution, And she said, quote, for those who woke up last week and became persuaded that the guidelines were harsh, defense attorneys uh, have been and judges have been making that argument for a very long time. But we don't usually succeed in getting the government to agree. So what she's saying here, I think, and which is kind of what I'm saying, too, is like you might disagree with the disparity in sentencing between blue collar criminals and white collar criminals and that we need sentencing reform. We all think that we've all been asking for that. It's the government that does that. It's specifically Congress that does that. Talk to your congressperson if you don't like the guidelines. Otherwise, we go by the guidelines that are given to us by Congress. I think that was sort of her message there, because I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know, why does this guy? And and we hear anecdotes like this all the time, especially since they've been sentencing all the Trump associates back going back to Manafort and Patton and Papadopoulos and and everybody being like, you know, a a woman steals a jacket and she's in jail for nine years and Manafort gets four and a half, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and I think she's acknowledging mm-hmm. uh, that and saying, check out the sentencing guidelines. Mm-hmm. If you want them rewritten, then vote for a congressperson.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There should be a different sentencing guideline for threatening a dog. That's a particular kind of horrible. I think so, too. You should and- get canine to life. She
0: she gained alive. <laughs> well, I've
6: been sitting on that for like five
0: minutes. Nice. High five. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I was gonna say, when'd you write that? <laughs> You're like in my head five minutes ago. <laughs> uh and she brings that up too. She goes, even if we just look at the dog as property and not a living thing, we're still at the minimum. We're still at the within the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um so she she opens up with that. And then then the defense uh, gets up and they do their part. They argue that Stone didn't mean the threats that he made against Credico and his dog. He's just a blustery, loudmouthed kind of person. And uh, the new prosecution responded, quote, The fact uh, is the defendant threatened Mr. Credico's personal safety and his pet, uh, and we believe the <laughs> enhancement applies. And Judge Jackson agreed, saying the defendant referred to this banter... Uh, the defender referred to this as banter, which mm-hmm. it hardly is. And she says the guidelines still apply, even if one considers the threat to the dog to be property damage. Oh, God. PETA would throw their heads. Wait, that's a good thing. <laughs> Toss their net. Whatever. They would hate that. They would be mad. Pets are people. But she said, even if we did that shit, mm-hmm. even if we only considered the dog property damage, it's still covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, And as the hearing went on, it became clear that the new prosecutors were, like I said, adhering to the first sentencing memo, surprising pretty much everyone and not the more lenient one that Barr wanted. She then asked Crabbe if he wrote the second sentencing memo. His name was on it and he refused to answer. Mm. And he wouldn't talk about the deliberations or who wrote that sentencing memo or who directed him to write it or if he was directed to write it or if he wrote it. Mystery memo. Uh, And it's interesting, too, because this isn't like Bob at Arby's asking you what you think about something. This is a federal judge asking you to tell her if you wrote this memo. And he Mm -hmm. wouldn't answer. Hmm. He said he was not at liberty to discuss that. Um, Stone declined to speak on his own behalf, probably for the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the judge just started laying into him. Uh, he has not been prosecuted by his adversaries or pursued by his political enemies. He characteristically injected himself smack into the center of one of the most significant issues of the day. Uh, she said Stone endeavored mightily to mislead the House Intelligence Community or committee community. Uh, and that's why he was indicted, not for his political activities. Uh, she said, quote, Stone wasn't obstructing, not to some secret anti-Trump cabal, but to Congress. This is uh, not mere equivocation. This is not the product of confusion. These answers were clearly false. (laughs) He was not prosecuted, as some have claimed, for standing up for the president. He was prosecuted for covering up for the president. Love that. That's a huge statement for a Mm -hmm. judge to make, right? Uh, She agreed then seven to nine years was too harsh. Uh, She said she doubts Uh, she would have thought differently, even if not for the unprecedented actions of the Department of Justice in the past week. So she wanted everyone to know she thought 7 to 9 was high and not because of what Barr said and not because of what Trump said. Mm -hmm. She thinks 7 to 9 is high. Uh, And like I said, the normal sentencing guidelines for him were, I think, 3 to 6 or 4 to 6 or something like that, somewhere around 3 to 4 or 5 years. And then they added that 8-point upward variance, uh, which was the max you could add for violent threats. Um, But she thought seven to nine was too high. Um, But she says also probation is insufficient, which is what Stone was asking for Mm -hmm. probation and government's asking for seven to nine. And she basically said, I'm going to find somewhere in between there Mm -hmm. because that's too high, that's too low. Mm -hmm. So she... Let everyone know before she made the sentencing, uh, before she sentenced, what where she was at, where her head was at. She said there was nothing unfair, phony, or disgraceful about the investigation or other prosecution or the prosecution. Witnesses do not get to decide for themselves whether Congress is entitled to the facts. Uh, of all the circumstances in this case, um, that may be the most pernicious because the truth still exists. The truth still matters. Roger Stone's insistence that it doesn't is a threat to our most fundamental institutions um trump also tweeted during this hearing of course couldn't help himself i guess um and then we get to the sentencing and jackson consistently sentences people a little below the low end of the sentencing guidelines if you remember manafort you remember sam Patton, you remember van der zwan papadopoulos rick gates these are all her cases um she tends to sentence a wee bit below. And I think this is because... Remember when we talked about the sentencing guidelines? When Obama put out the sentencing guidelines, Clinton put out their sentencing guidelines, they wanted to use the low end, the, the low end of the guidelines. Mm-hmm. is what you must recommend as a prosecutor. With the Republicans, Bush and, and Trump and Reagan, they wanted the maximum of the... They wanted to recommend the high end of the sentencing guidelines. So I think... Judge Jackson sort of feels the same way that Congress and the sentencing guidelines issued under the Democrats felt Mm -hmm. like it's a little harsh. Maybe Mm -hmm. we go a little bit lower. But I think what's important here is she applies these consistently to every single criminal she has in her courtroom. Mm -hmm. And that's the important part uh, of this sentencing. Um, And so she sentenced 40 months. Um, But not exactly. She actually sentenced 70 months. (laughs) Let me explain. Uh, Because she gave, for count one, 40 months by itself. Count two through six, counts two through six, she gave a total of 12 months for those counts. And then count seven, she gave 18 months. All that adds up to 70 months. However, because these maybe arose from the same set of circumstances or the same set of crimes, the same set of activities... She allowed those sentences to be conser- uh, to be served concurrently and not consecutively. We went mm. through this under the Manafort
4: mm-hmm. trial, too. Right.
0: And so of a 40 and a 12 and an 18, instead of back to back to back, you're serving them all at the same time. So the longest sentence is how long mm-hmm. you serve, which is 40 months. And mm-hmm. that's how she got to the 40 months number. Um, so I was thinking, how does that work with? with you know when you're trying to figure out if you're good if you're planning on sentencing someone concurrently where they can serve all their sentences for their different charges at the same time how then do you aim at the sentencing guidelines do you over sentence so that it it gets brought down to within the sentencing guidelines or does the or do you does the total fall between the sentencing guidelines before you allow them to be served concurrently. Do you, does that make sense what I'm what I'm saying? Like if 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 you have two counts and mm-hmm. and one's for 5 years and one's for 1 year mm-hmm. and the sentencing recommendation is 4 years, mm-hmm. do I sentence you to 4 years for the one crime and the other one doesn't matter since I'm trying to shoot for that right. gap or do I add a whole bunch up so that when I make you serve concurrently Mm -hmm. does it fall does that fall or Mm -hmm. do I or do I take the total and make that fall like which how do you aim what number are you aiming with I asked Joyce Vance Mm. Joyce gave me an answer so quickly She says whatever, however much time they end up spending in jail in this month, in this month, in this case, Mm -hmm. 40 months, Mm -hmm. that is where she would aim the guidelines. Right. Not the 70. Right. So she thought, she felt the seven to nine was so harsh, Mm -hmm. she thought a a sentencing recommendation of 40 months, regardless of serving concurrently, consecutively, was more on target Mm -hmm. in this case. Mm. Did you guess four years, three years? (sighs) I forget what I guessed. I
6: I thought
5: I guessed
0: two two or three yeah because yeah it, not quite four years is yeah what got. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, six yeah honestly but um, I was right if you take the whole 70 months yeah <laughs> but not not how much money not how much time he'll actually spend in jail yeah now Stone still has a motion out for a retrial that hasn't been decided. Jackson said he she would rule on that motion after the sentencing. She didn't want to delay the sentencing to make that ruling and she wants to do that make that ruling in writing. My beans is that she will deny the motion. I don't mm-hmm. think he'll get a retrial. Stone contends that the four person of the jury was biased against him and because of that he has the right to a new trial. However, it was not brought up during jury selection. Uh, and when given the option to strike that juror, they did not. The defense did not strike that juror. Uh, and this is new, too. Uh, another member from that jury, not the four person, but another person on that jury, showed up on Cuomo last night saying that the four person actually made them look harder at the evidence, take a second look and a third look. And he said, had she not been in the room, we would have come back with a guilty verdict way faster. Mm. <laughs> so she actually slowed it down on behalf of Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still found found him guilty on all counts, but that goes against Stone and Trump's allegation that she was biased and trying to, you know, mm-hmm. convict him. Um, So I don't think he'll get a retrial.
6: Yeah, I thought that they... Didn't we already cover a headline that said his motion for a retrial was denied? No? No, mm. it's still being thought yeah. about. Hmm. I feel like he's consistently asking for redos throughout this entire process, so maybe it was. I think he asked motion to motion. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was that. Yeah, it was something. But either way, I agree. I can't see. I
0: feel like she's so done with him. (laughs) She is probably so done with him. Yeah, with all the crosshair Instagram posts and whatnot. Mm Um, and then Trump said today he would not pardon Stone right now, but believes an exoneration is likely. So Trump is saying. I don't need to pardon him right now. I think his motion will be granted for a retrial. So we'll see what happens when that motion is denied, which I think will happen. I can't guarantee you that. I haven't I haven't I don't I have no proof. Yeah. But uh, if that motion is denied, then we'll see what Trump says. Uh, Harry Littman was saying it sounded like he was he might be putting this off until November. That'd be such a waste of the court's time and space
6: because watch them. Let's say I mean, effectively, Trump is saying if I'm going to wait and see what happens with the retrial. And then presumably that means if he does not get the retrial, then he's going to pardon him. Even if they do give him the retrial and they would still find him guilty and then Trump
0: would still just pardon him. Yeah. If if he were still president. hmm. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trump definitely hasn't. I'm that.
0: almost like go for a retrial. If you <sighs> How long would that take? Like another year probably. Ugh. I mean, it takes usually. Usually, you can schedule these trials out like six months in, out in advance, and then the trial itself only takes like three or four weeks. They should be like, yeah, we'll do a retrial, Stone, but you have to wait in jail. But then, of course, after the trial, I mean, think about how long ago it was. Stone's trial ended. You have all these months and months of motions and refilings and. Uh, and, and you know all that stuff and then if sentencing sentencing memo sentencing memorandum two, sentencing memorandum three you know and so I mean it can it, you know it's probably mm-hmm. take about a year um, this one took about a year from mm-hmm. from start to finish Um, not from investigation start to finish but from he was going to trial found guilty indictment to, to finish um, so that's the stone that's what happened in the stone thing and uh, I understand if you think 40 months is bullshit and like he should have gotten more time. I I think they all should have gotten way more time. Mm-hmm. I think the sentencing in this country is is fucked up. I don't yeah. think I think people who lie to Congress and and you know conspire to commit treason against the United States should face harsher penalties, and people like blue collar criminals should face much lower penalties. But I mean that doesn't really have anything to do with whether this sentence was fair for this mm-hmm. person. But I do think we need to look at the justice system as a whole. We mm-hmm. need to look at sentencing guidelines. And, and as as the judge said today, we've been trying to get that reformed forever. Mm-hmm. Judges and prosecutors and voters have been mm-hmm. trying to to have more fair um, sentencing guidelines.
6: Yeah, I'm not saying that I agree with the fact that treason is can be punishable by death, but... Basically, this is baby treason, and the fact that baby <laughs> baby treason results in a lower sentence, ding, a lesser ding, ding, sentence ding. than we have an
0: episode name. <laughs> baby baby treason, treason brought to you by Jordan.
6: Yeah, but there's been so many tweets. Like someone was like, I had a client that stole a jacket, you know, and was in jail for three to six years, and this fucking guy just
0: gets to baby
6: trees, and then.
0: <laughs> but we should <laughs> but we should do it on we should err on the side of fairness. We shouldn't be giving Roger Stone more time. Because Because that jacket person served three to six years. That jacket person shouldn't be in jail. Right. That's the real issue. Yeah. And that's where this right this mm-hmm. fucked up shit comes comes into mm-hmm. play now i mean I, yeah. I i do think stone should have gotten more time yeah yeah, yeah. for baby trees, yeah yeah it's more but... just a,
6: <laughs> it's more
0: just a, a qualm that comes on
6: reflection looking at like mm-hmm. how things are and how they've already happened that's fucked up and it's important
0: to look at that stuff too mm-hmm. because it's those comparisons it's in those simple comparisons mm-hmm. that we as american voters are prompted to look more closely at the justice system and how sentencing guidelines are or are, are, are figured out and who's responsible. Responsible for them and how we can impact that, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's that's the answer. It's Congress. It's your congressional representative mm-hmm. that uh, that you want to first of all make sure you vote for who you want to vote for. Find out from people running as your rep what they want to do about sentencing guidelines and criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. Be involved. Um, I I understand, you know, we look around and we wake up like me, for example, and go, what the hell is this disparity with the sentencing of these massive criminals and then other people getting terrible sentences and these guys getting off scot-free pretty much in a federal Hilton prison? And, and you know, oh, <laughs> turns out it's my responsibility to vet my Congress people, vote for who I need to vote for, make sure that they want to, you know, impart sentencing guidelines that I think are fair. I And I start realizing my role in all this as well.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, well, that's for it. That's on that. But that, you know, it, <laughs> it's true. I mean, you're right about the it's people are saying, oh, well, someone who stole a jacket, it gets seven to nine years and stone should get more. It's. It, I, I'm glad that this is bringing about somewhat of, more of a conversation about mm-hmm. sentencing. You know? Hundred percent. Yeah, a good thing.
6: And yeah, sentencing in America is really fucked up. But it's so much. Uh, it's so much more conceivable that you could rehabilitate someone that's like a like a drug user or something mm-hmm. versus rehabbing a white collar criminal. Like, how do you even? How do you do that? You, you can't know? rehab stone, yeah. right? But then there's this weird. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there's this strange conception that more tangible crimes should have more tangible sentences. Oh, yeah. But then it's, mm-hmm. it's like... Not, no. Yeah. No. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Way easier to address... Maybe not as a whole because the socioeconomics of crime is so fucked up in this country. But at least for like case-by-case case basis, it's so much easier to address one person that stole fucking chips from a store than mm-hmm. it is a guy
0: and, that's lying to Congress and tampering with witnesses. And judges used to have more discretion on case-by-case, case yep. on a case-by-case case basis until we started coming up with three strikes laws and mandatory minimum sentencing mm-hmm. and all that shit that comes out of the Republican Party. Yep. Um, when
5: When people are often you know, sweeping generalization, people are often pushed to crime for one reason or another because of poverty or because Mm -hmm. of mental health. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about like, you know, access to good paying jobs in this country, Mm -hmm. education, access to mental health care that's affordable. So,
0: you know, (laughs) yeah, utopia. If you're going to predispose people to committing crimes by treating them the Mm -hmm. way that you treat them and systematically disadvantaging them from birth, Mm -hmm. then what, sir, can else be concluded than you make criminals and yes punishment Then, punish, ma- then and, punish them yes and then what old, was old old idea and mm-hmm. something that needs to be constantly brought back up yep yeah
6: totally and then what's the origin story of a white collar criminal that's even remotely sympathetic <laughs> <laughs>
0: like-, <laughs> like when i was six i was chased by the angry goose in my
6: mom's lakeyard yes <laughs> although okay. i do believe that like just money money and sin is like fucked up i mean i'm sure it's a lot of broken homes Usually large amounts of money isn't good news anywhere. But still <laughs> My daddy like... only gave me
5: a million dollars, not two million like your daddy. <laughs> yeah.
6: Or you like make him go to Big Brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just do. Just <laughs> It's always oh about God. lack oh God. of male figures. Imagine
5: Big Brother, but everyone on the season was related to Trump somehow, either in his administration or like an advisor of his of some kind. And it's like Giuliani. Oh and wait, were you talking, about, I'm talking about the about... show or no, 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 the, the I'm organization? About the... Big Brothers and oh. Big Sisters. Yes, yes, yes Big okay. Brothers. Okay. I was yeah. <laughs> oh,
6: sorry. Yeah.
0: No, the organization. Like I was here with her on like, yeah, he has to like help like be a positive male figure for <laughs> yes. someone, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, show idea, get your pitch calculator ready,
5: <laughs> but. Seriously. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. you watch that season? Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that show in years, but I would watch I it never it was watched filled it, with actually. like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, oh, Rudy God. Giuliani, maybe Sean Spicer. She's Sarah know what Sanders Perry. putting on makeup for three hours. You know what? I've <laughs> seen the Jersey
0: Shore. I've seen it already. I don't need. That was no, a no nice no. sentiment. No, no, no. That's funny. Oh, uh, we should write that sketch, though.
6: Yeah. Big Brothers.
0: <laughs> Trump Shore. Trump shores. mar-a-lago shores oh no <gasps> oh god what's his what's his one in in new jersey bedminster shores that's Yuck. what we'll call it yeah i have like bedminster shores jerry follow jr big brother gym tan laundry <laughs> <laughs> except the maid does everything yep, <laughs> yep. You send your maid to the gym for you oh my god that's not a bad idea All right. We'll be right back with the coverage of last night's debate with Jordan. If you want these episodes ad-free, just sign up to support us at patreon.com slash thedailybeans and all your wildest dreams will come true. We'll be right back.
2: After these messages, we'll
0: be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG. As a homeowner, inevitably, something will break down. Last week, it was the heating element in my clothes dryer. And though I was a nuclear reactor mechanic, to be fair, in the Navy, I still have no idea how to fix the heating element in my clothes dryer. But I've got American Home Shield, so it doesn't matter. I have for years now, and I was happy to endorse them when they wanted to sponsor us. American Home Shield helps cover the cost to take care of repairs when something breaks down, and if they can't fix it, they'll replace it, or they'll find another solution. Uh, as the nation's largest provider, they've paid more in-home warranty claims than any other company. That's added up to more than $2 billion in the past five years. With America's most preferred home warranty and more than 1.8 million customers, AHS offers coverage for up to 21 home systems and appliances, plus unlimited electronics coverage for tablets and flat screens and TV. TVs. AHS has a nationwide network of more than 15,000 licensed professional contractors, so they can find the right pro in your area to fix the problem. No inspections needed, no proof of maintenance required. It's available no matter how old your system or your appliance is, and they have plans and pricing to fit every budget. Uh, go to ahs.com/dailybeans today to save $50 and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. That's ahs.com/dailybeans. Ahs.com/dailybeans for $50 off any plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details. All right, everybody, welcome back. Last night's debate was awesome. I mm-hmm. was a lot. There was a lot of standing up and yelling and like uh, fist pump. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? Punch in the sky. <laughs> you can do the thing. I'm a tiny potato. That. I'm a tiny potato. <laughs> uh, I loved it. And it started early and fast.
6: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. 100%. Right um, out the gate. Yes.
6: Okay. So as predicted, Bloomberg had the biggest target on him the mm-hmm. entire time. Rightfully so. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. stop trying to be very diplomatic about this man. We tried really hard we yesterday. We tried so hard yesterday to we be like, It
0: was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs>
6: it was like how hard should, we tried. We tried so hard. And now it's after last night, it's just like, okay, fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> fuck that guy. Did you see the tweet where uh, guy. where they were like, Somebody said, I think Sanders said, oh, you know, uh, Bloomberg had two stents. And then Elizabeth Warren opens up her hand and said, had, and yes. inside her hand are two bloody stents <laughs> yes. that he, she ripped out of his yes. chest or like that. Yes, that was totally her vibes.
6: And I have a clip that demonstrates that. This was in her, like, opening statement. Let's hear that.
4: I'd like to talk about who we're running against, a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. (laughs) Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is. But understand this, Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. This country has worked for the rich for a long time and left everyone else in the dirt. It is time to have a president who will be on the side of working families and be willing to get out there and fight for them. That is why I am in this race and that is how I will beat Donald Trump.
6: Yeah, so she just right off the bat calls him out for his Woo! misogyny and disgusting words. And Ouch. Yes, and everybody, the, the crowd, there was a lot of Bloomberg people in that crowd, though. Seemed like it.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I,
6: that was kind of disappointing. But there was but also, they ended up
0: booing him toward the end. <laughs> yeah, and there was a
6: lot of Warren people in that crowd, too. Warren was just crushing. She was on she was, fuego. Oh, my God, she was crushing so hard. She definitely had the most campaign contributions that came in after that. Like I think she got... 2.8
0: million, uh and then up and that was within the first couple hours and since then 4 million total. Uh, yeah. Bernie got 2.7 so they were very close.
6: Yes. Yeah, Bernie Bernie did really well and then I saw people retweeting it and being like Warren did better.
5: But she I'm just fucking stoked that the two progressive candidates are doing like amazing you know, it's after funny. that night. Um my wife posted something about Elizabeth Warren doing well. Someone responded to her and was like, "Aren't you a Bernie person?" She was like, "I like them both." Right. Breathe, everyone. Yes.
6: <laughs> Bernie to me is like the the like better actualization of
5: these policies, but Warren is like a very, very, very close second for me. Yeah, I and, know. And for a lot of people, for them, that's their progressive candidate of choice because they think her policies are more realistic. Uh-huh. You know, so I yeah. understand both sides. Totally. They're both fucking awesome
6: though, and they I are. would be honored to vote for either of them. But uh yeah, Warren was not letting Bloomer get away with anything. And Warren was like incredibly I think this is the side of Warren that people fell in love with initially that maybe Mm -hmm. we kind of lost a little bit over the last couple of months, um, whether that's her fault or not or just the dynamics of the race. But she was on fire, and I want to show this uh, other exchange for you guys between Warren and Bloomberg. And I think Bloomberg shit the bed so hard on this. <laughs> this was when she was calling him out for the NDAs that he made women sign, and it is... Even Biden got an applause break on this mm-hmm. one. Yes, yeah. This exchange is pretty fantastic, again, for Warren. Well,
2: let, me, let me say a couple things, and have, if I can have... My full minute and a quarter, thank you. Um, I have no tolerance for the kind of behavior that the Me Too movement has exposed. And anybody that does anything wrong in our company, we investigate it, and if it's appropriate, they're gone that day. But let me tell you what I do in my company and my foundation and in city government when I was there. In my foundation, the person that runs it's a woman, 70% of the people there are women. <clears throat> in my company, lots and lots of women have big responsibilities. They get paid exactly the same as men. And in my, um, uh, in City Hall, the person, that's the top person, my deputy mayor, was a woman. And 40% of our commissioners were women. I am very proud of the fact that th- about uh, two weeks ago, we were awarded Uh, We were voted the uh, most, the best place to work, second best place in America. If that doesn't say something about our employees and how happy they are, I don't know what does.
4: Senator Warren, you've been critical of Mayor Bloomberg on this issue. Yes, I have. And I hope you heard what his defense was. I've been nice to some women. That just doesn't cut it. THE MAYOR HAS TO STAND ON HIS RECORD. and WHAT WE NEED TO KNOW IS EXACTLY WHAT'S LURKING OUT THERE. HE HAS GOTTEN SOME NUMBER OF WOMEN, DOZENS, WHO KNOWS, TO SIGN NON-DISCLOSURE AGREEMENTS BOTH FOR SEXUAL HARASSMENT AND FOR GENDER DISCRIMINATION IN THE WORKPLACE. SO, MR. MAYOR, ARE YOU WILLING TO RELEASE ALL OF THOSE WOMEN FROM THOSE NON-DISCLOSURE AGREEMENTS SO WE CAN HEAR THEIR SIDE OF THE STORY?
2: A very few non disclosure agreements. How
4: how many is there? Let me finish. How many is there?
2: None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like a joke I told. And let me just put, and let me put, there's agreements between two parties that wanted to keep it quiet, and that's up to them. They signed those agreements, and we'll live with it. So wait, when
4: you say it is up to I just want to be clear. Some is how many? And and when you and when you say they signed them, and they wanted them if they wish now to speak out and tell their side of the story about what it is they allege, that's now okay with you. You're releasing them on television tonight, S-
2: Senator. Is that right? Yeah, uh, she she
0: hit him hard on that NDA thing.
6: Yes, definitely. Yeah, and there was a lot of really uncomfortable responses from bloomberg to that stuff trying to say stuff like well that's just the decision that all the parties came to together and they thought that would be the best for everyone made
0: a joke that someone didn't like and then he got yeah then that's what people are like oh god no and i i think it's a really important point though that seems to sort of get glossed over just by all the fire uh is that if we don't get these women's stories now Mm -hmm. we we could get them later Mm -hmm. and sooner is better than later Mm -hmm. uh especially as we get toward the convention yeah and and that's her point she's like we don't need this drip 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 yep we don't need an access hollywood tape for our democratic candidate uh the week before the election exactly
6: and it is very hard to not see a similar trajectory of bloomberg the bloomberg drip like you're saying i know (laughs) (laughs) gross (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> and that's another oh, oh, episode title possibility the although bloomberg. i think no one would listen to something
5: called the bloomberg oh, drip.
6: <laughs> so disgusting <laughs> oh you did the mouth noise <laughs> oh
5: you guys i'm sorry let's keep it
6: classy on this podcast oh anyways. god yeah it is a disgusting drip but i think it's only gonna keep getting worse for him basically Um. Yeah, especially with the responses he's getting. Checked out. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, (laughs) like you said, he's basically saying like the locker room talk excuse, which is not an excuse anymore. Mm -hmm. That is accepted by people. So that was them. Um, that was Bernie and. Bloomberg, the, the Bloomberg Dream. Okay, next clip. I want to. I want to show. I think this is when Pete went after Bloomberg and Bernie. Uh, and this was a hell of a quote. Yes, he. So obviously, Bernie and Bloomberg and some polls are, you know, the two front runners. And and Buttigieg took this opportunity to really <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just went real M and M just bug. then. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. Dr. Drazen. It's in our basement. last show of the week, everyone. Yes, and it shows. But, um, <laughs> um, but Buttigieg took this opportunity to really come in and say, we don't need this guy, and we don't need this guy. We need me, a shining
0: little toy boy that is moderate, <laughs> and everybody can vote for him. Now, every time I hear the word opportunity, I'm going to have it in my Eminem voice in my head. Opportunity. <laughs>
5: a shining
6: little toy boy. <laughs> yes. I'm not even meaning that as a knock on him, but that is really how he presented himself His eyebrows here. are on fleek. Yes, yes, fantastic eyebrows. But he's saying Bernie wants to destroy the party. He literally said that. Bernie wants to destroy the party, mm-hmm. and Bloomberg wants to buy his way into an election. Mm-hmm. And here I am, a moderate that everybody can get behind, and yeah. that is why you should
0: vote for me. We have a choice between—it shouldn't be a choice between someone who wants to burn our party down and someone who wants to buy our party
1: out.
6: Yes, and I thought— Clip here for that. Um, Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah.
1: Yes, we've got to wake up as a party. We we could wake up two weeks from today, the day after Super Tuesday, and the only candidates left standing will be Bernie Sanders and Mike Bloomberg, the two most polarizing figures on this stage. And most Americans don't see where they fit if they've got to choose between a socialist who thinks that capitalism is the root of all evil and a billionaire who thinks that money ought to be the the root of all power. Let's put forward somebody who actually lives and works in a middle-class neighborhood in an industrial Midwestern city. Let's put forward somebody who's actually a Democrat. Look, (laughs) We shouldn't have to choose between one candidate who wants to burn this party down and another candidate who wants to buy this party out. What? We can do better.
6: I, I thought that that was a bit unfair of a this and that because I don't think it's fair to say Bernie is trying to destroy the Democratic Party in the same way that Bloomberg is literally buying the election. Like one one thing is verifiable and to a degree that the other is is not really. Uh, obviously, Bernie isn't a through and through this, you know, establishment dem, quote unquote. But I just thought that was kind of like a low blow. But that's what debates are all about. Mm hmm. Bernie also, um, Bloomberg was throwing shots at Bernie trying to say that you know countries have tried socialism. And it's failed, and, and it's called, it communism. Is called communism. Yeah, that was like, well, thanks for bringing the Red Scare back. <laughs> oh. That's That seems like where we need to return to at this point in time.
0: And and uh, all I saw was uh, Warren and, and Bernie's hands go up. But
5: wait, wait, wait.
0: Can we not equate yeah. having health care with being a communist country? Seriously. Anytime, mm-hmm. please. Would that be great? That'd be great. Yeah,
6: what are you like, a fucking history teacher in the 70s? <laughs> You're like still not over it, I'm still just or when, scarred from your
0: drills. <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me of, the uh, um, who's the screaming comedian? Say it! Uh, Kinison, Sam uh, Kinison and yeah. Back to School. Yeah. Yeah, that's that reminds me of that. I haven't um, seen it, I need
5: to. Yeah, also Bloomberg went after Bernie and was like, I love that the most famous socialist in this country has three houses and a million dollars. And Bernie's like, okay, I have a house in Washington where I work. I have yeah. a house in Burlington where I live. And I have a lake house. It's like a lake Cabin. he said summer camp i think yeah it's it's have you you've seen it right
0: summer home
6: He's, yeah it's
5: not it's not fancy
0: it's it's it is hey it's a question you're gonna get asked yeah, it is. If, if you're that totally i That's also it. don't
6: think you need to like live in you know squalor to, right to be a socialist right it, it, it's it's that that personally doesn't ring to me as incompatible with the policies that he advocates but,
0: well it's it, but... it, it it sort of indirectly holds up the uh the wrong idea yep. that that people can't do well under socialism mm-hmm. uh, which is a wrong idea and i think that that is sort of what uh at least um shiny toy boy buddha uh-huh. judge is is trying to get at like yes it's okay to be a millionaire yeah mm-hmm. Bernie, you're a millionaire. Right. It's okay. Yes. Uh, I think what they're talking about is uber-zuber billionaire, Like mm-hmm. Mike Bloomberg. Mm-hmm.
6: Yes. And it is a misconception that Bernie is trying to do away with capitalism entirely. That's mm-hmm. just not what he's trying to do. That's a talking mm-hmm. point that people say. He's not... When has he actually advocated? Let's get rid of the free market.
0: When has he like ever said that? No, but I think I think the problem is not that not that this is some a reason to say this, mm-hmm. but that is how Trump is going to run against him if totally. he's the nominee. Yeah, that totally. is the that is he's going to. That's why I think he wants to run against Bernie because yeah. it, it's just going to be easier to run against a quote unquote socialist who wants to quote unquote destroy capital. Right, right, right. And so those are the GOP talking points that are getting out. Dems are picking up on them to try to to try to attack Yes, Bernie. they
6: are. Yeah, and Dems should know better because there are a lot of. Progressive policies that Democrats have already passed and have done a lot of really good things for this country, and we need more of that shit. So you need to stop falling into that trap that programs by the government equal socialism and the fall of freedom. That's fucking stupid. Anyways, feeling. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not even a Bernie defense. Only like you said, that's a defense for Warren. That's a defense for. Policies that Buttigieg and
0: Klobuchar also have advocated for. Yeah, the main difference is they haven't called themselves socialists. Yes, that um, is fair. Yes, we're just <laughs> yes, scary for a lot of people. Still.
6: Yeah, it doesn't. The Democratic Socialist thing obviously does not bother me. But, anyways, okay. Next. Um, speaking of the moderates, they, Pete and Klobuchar, Biden really kind of he's not standing out too much really i think uh in terms of who won the moderate stage time it was pete and
0: klobuchar i feel like i feel like that he's not even in that category anymore i feel like it's uh buddha judge and klobuchar in the moderate and we've got bernie and and warren in the progressive and then we've got biden yeah who's just the former vp right (laughs) yes you know like i don't even put him in the in the group with with the moderates anymore. I don't know why. I think it just he's just because he's because I think he has a decided advantage having been the vice presidential can or the vice president to mm-hmm. to Barack Obama that yeah. that he's just running from a different point of yes. view. He's yeah.
6: almost like a victim of having too much of a resume, mm-hmm. which is interesting, where it's like People don't even want to hear his ideas because they are strictly judging him off of the positions he's held in the past, sort of. And and like they think about him in relation to things that have already happened, not things that he says are going to happen, Mm. which is tough. Even though, I mean, I think that kind of happened with Hillary, too. You have someone that's incredibly qualified in a lot of ways, but is just not hitting the heartstrings with the American people. Yep. It's very interesting. Yeah.
5: Um, That's that's often the most important part.
6: Yeah, for a campaign, it is. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Pete and Klobuchar just kind of went on each other's throats, actually. And it was, like, really uncomfortable. And Pete was pretty snippy to Klobuchar. And Klobuchar was definitely getting really defensive. And he was, like, not... He talked for a long time, first off. And then when Klobuchar went to respond, he was, like, interrupting her sometimes. And I thought that was just, like... The moderators didn't do a fantastic job of letting Klobuchar respond to stuff sometimes. Um, but Pete, b- basically... Pete was saying mayors aren't important too, and Klobuchar saying, you know, don't hate on the shit that I did because you weren't there, and uh, that's pretty much what that boils down to. Um, but a lot of shit for her record on immigration votes and votes on Trump appointed judges, and she fired back, and uh, he, yeah, he was just he was quite smug, in and he this came after her
0: again, and when uh, when the question came up about her forgetting the president of Mexico's name,
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I I think it's like a since. The moderate candidates are doing pretty well in the early states. I think it's an interesting exchange that's important to hear. So let's roll that
1: clip. (laughs) but you're staking your candidacy on your washington experience you're on the committee that oversees border security you're on the committee that does trade you're literally in part of the committee that's overseeing these things and we're not able to speak to literally the first thing about the politics of the country to ourselves. are
3: you trying to say that i'm dumb or are you mocking me here
1: pete this is a race for president if winning a race for Senate in Minnesota translated directly to becoming president, I would have grown up under the presidency of Walter Mondale. This is different. And the reason that I think we need to talk about Washington experience is uh, that we should ask what that experience has led to. Experience is, and certainly tenure, is not always the same thing as judgment. We're going to talk about uh, votes in the Senate okay, in you know, Washington. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about a major policy. Next question. Hello, hello, hello. If you're going to run based on your record of voting in Washington, then you have to own those votes, especially when it comes to immigration. You voted to confirm the head of customs and border protection under Trump, who was one of the architects of the family separation policy. You voted to make English the national language. Do you know the message that sends in as multilingual a state as Nevada? to immigrants. You have been unusual among Democrats, I think the Democrat among all of the senators running for president, most likely to vote for Donald Trump's judges, who we know are especially hostile to Dreamers and to the rights of immigrants. Now in South Bend, it was not always easy to stand up in a conservative place like Indiana on immigration, but we delivered. We created a municipal ID program so that dreamers and others who were undocumented were able to navigate everyday life. We stood up for those rights and stood with members of our community with the message that they were as American as we are. A los sonidores hay decir que you know, este país es tu país también. Gracias. Everyone Gracias, was as perfect. Pete,
3: a I wish everyone is, was as perfect as you, Pete, but let me tell you what it's like to be in the arena. number one, do the math. If my friend Andrew Yang was up here, that's what he'd say. In fact, I have opposed I'm not supported two-thirds of the Trump judges, so get your numbers right. And I am in the top 10 to 15 of opposing them. Number two, when it comes to immigration reform, the things that you are referring to, that official that you are referring to was supported by about half the Democrats, including uh, someone in this room. And I will say this, he was highly recommended by the Obama officials. you know why? Because Trump had so few career people. I did not one bit agree with these draconian policies to separate kids from their parents. And in my first 100 days, I would immediately change that. And I would add one more thing. I have been in the arena. Ted Kennedy, he had made a pretty big allegation against me again, and I think I should have a right to respond. I'm stating the facts
1: because these are votes that you took, and those votes set you alone. Among the Democrats running for president, no other de- is it true or is it false that no other Democrat all, from the Senate running for you've president? what you said about the judges
3: are false. You are comparing me to two colleagues up here on the stage, and you are forgetting one thing. I would say thing.
1: anybody who ran oh. for president this cycle, Senator no, Harris, if we, Senator if Booker, you could saw let me this.
3: finish. Since I've been in the arena, Ted Kennedy asked me to work on the first immigration bill. We were able with President Bush to at least get that bill to a vote, I'm sorry, but Senator Sanders actually opposed that bill, and I worked on it, and if we had gotten that bill done, there would have been a path to citizenship for so many people. Then I worked on the 2013 bill. I'm actually so proud of the work I've done on immigration reform, and you know what? You have not been in the arena doing that work. You've memorized a bunch of talking points and a bunch of things. But I can tell you one thing. What the people of this country want, they want a leader that has the heart for the immigrants of this country. And that is me.
6: Uh, And then finally, something that I wanted to cover was um, Sanders. Sanders was giving billionaires shit for their lack of tax paying. And then Bloomberg says, who wrote the tax code? And Bernie's like, "Uh, the people that people like you pay to get into Congress and write the tax code. And it was like, it was just a, I think it was a quintessential Sanders Bloomberg interaction. Let's hear that clip.
2: You know, when we talk about a corrupt political system bought by billionaires like Mr. Bloomberg, it manifests itself in a tax code In which not only is Amazon and many other major corporations, some owned by the wealthiest people in this country, not paying a nickel in taxes, we have the insane situation that billionaires today, if you can believe it, have an effective tax rate lower than the middle class. So maybe just tax code. Why are you complaining? Who wrote the code? You, you your, did. You and you your and campaign. You and your campaign. Not me. Oh, you on. and your campaign contributions electing people who represent the wealthy and the powerful. Yes, those, those are the first, Democrats. Thank those you. Are, well, and Republicans too.
5: Yeah, I was also going to say I didn't actually see this, but I heard about it on a podcast today. Um, At the end of the debate, and I only watched the first two thirds, apparently there were some um, activist protesters in the audience from Raises, the organization Raises, Mm -hmm. who were yelling at Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. who were saying like, three million deportations, no more babies in cages, don't Mm -hmm. look away. Mm -hmm. So and they got like hauled out of the auditorium. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of the stuff that Mm -hmm. Buttigieg was coming down on Klobuchar for similar Mm -hmm. policies and people that they voted for. Yeah,
5: that resulted in a lot of that stuff. Yeah, we were just saying yesterday when we, were t- when we were having our, like, pre-debate episode yesterday where you were saying, like, keep bringing it up. Don't look away. The border mm-hmm. is still happening. We have mm-hmm. to keep bringing it up. So, mm-hmm. especially in Nevada, which is such a heavily, mm-hmm. you know, immigrant state.
6: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, super feisty debate. And I think it's only going to keep getting feistier. And I, yeah, I'm not sure if there's a debate before Super Tuesday, but I think you're right. That would be really weird if there wasn't.
0: Right. You think? You could- yeah. Yeah. I think so. When's the next debate? Looking yes. It up. Mm-hmm. I mean, March third is soon.
6: I know, it's crazy. There might not
0: be another debate between now and Super Tuesday.
6: Oh, uh, March third is a huge day. It is the cow. It's a bunch of primaries. It is uh, Taylor Thompson's Netflix special comes out, and mm-hmm. it is the All women Show that I'm promoting at the La Jolla Comedy Store. Nice, big day, big day for women's. Yes, for women's and democracy. <laughs> <laughs> And, and comedy, <laughs> yes, and comedy.
5: Uh, there's gonna be a debate on the 25th. Um, in a couple of days. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. In oh. Charleston, South Carolina.
0: There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. um
5: yeah. that one. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back with uh, more news. Uh, Russia is interfering again in our elections. Uh, stuff about ICE, Cambridge Analytica, and Mulvaney uh, opens foot, inserts mouth. No, other way around. <laughs> right after this break. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I want to tell you about an amazing new service I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it incredibly easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things, from art prints and posters to travel photos that might be sitting on your phone. Uh, Here's how it works. Just go to framebridge.com, upload your photo or they'll send you packaging so you can safely mail in your physical pieces. Then you preview your item online with dozens of frame styles, choose your favorite, or you can get free recommendations from their designers, and the experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang, ready to go, instead of the hundreds that you'll pay at a framing store and you have to go there and and deal with those people. Uh, The price starts at just $39, and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code dailybeans. So get started today. Frame your photos or send in some art for the perfect gift. And go to framebridge.com and use promo code dailybeans to save an additional 15% off your first order. That's framebridge.com, promo code dailybeans. Framebridge.com, promo code dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Okay, so this is new. Apparently, intelligence officials uh, have officially warned the House Intelligence Committee that Russian officials are interfering with the 2020 election to help trump win and that disclosure made trump angry uh, because he said the democrats would use that information against him oh uh, yeah uh, he was specifically angry at director of national intelligence john uh, mcguire uh, about this and berated him for allowing the briefing to take place oh my god and not being told about it um it, it, I'd be like, well, if you if you wanted briefings, I'd give them to you, but you don't. Right. Um, You've proven yourself to be a child. Yeah. So during the briefing, Trump allies challenged like Trump allies like N- N- Nunes was there for example, challenged oh. the conclusion arguing Trump has been tough on Russia. They aren't going to intervene to help him. Um, I think, which, by the way, we can totally say is not true now uh, mm-hmm. or they wouldn't be helping him. The official um, that made the briefing, Shelby Pearson, is an aide to McGuire. And here we are a week later. Trump moves McGuire and replaces him with Rick Grinnell. You went over this yesterday. Mm-hmm. This guy who, incidentally, um, will continue to be the ambassador to Germany while simultaneously trying to head the 17 intelligence kidding? agencies. So he's dual hatted now. Oh, my God. They aren't taking him out of the ambassador to Germany job. They're giving him both jobs now.
6: The consolidation of power in that administration grows increasingly terrifying. Yes.
0: And uh Trump's campaign has hired a Cambridge Analytica alumnus named Matt uh o- what's it? Ozkowski. He served as the head of product at Cambridge Analytica before it shut down in 2018 and became Emerdata. It's still operating, it's just mm-hmm. under a different name. Uh, His job with Trump will be helping oversee data. (laughs) This move will likely raise alarms among Trump critics and data privacy advocates who worry he will push the technological envelope to get reelected in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like uh, he did with Kamana before. Yeah, you think? And all the other Mossad groups, PSYOPs, Black Cube, um, ZAML, Joel Mm -hmm. ZAML, that August 3rd Trump Tower meeting, more important than the June Trump Tower meeting. So Oxkoski specializes in data and behavioral science, but says he plans to use traditional data modeling rather than psychographics on the Trump campaign. Right. Prior to working for Cam Anna, he spent three years as a chief digital officer for Scott Walker, Wisconsin governor. And while at Cam Anna, he worked on Project Alamo. That's the massive online campaign on Facebook advertising that helped Trump win in 2016. And according to some audio obtained by the Washington Post, acting chief of staff Mick Mulvaney gave a speech in which he called Republicans hypocrites on the deficit. He said, my party is very interested in deficits when there's a Democrat in the White House. The worst thing in the whole world is deficits when Barack Obama was the president. Then Donald Trump becomes the president and we're a lot less interested as a party. Interesting. Mulvaney made these comments in an overseas speech, the Oxford Union, to a group of several hundred people. Uh, He said, I wonder if you have to wear an Oxford shirt
5: to to get in. Anybody who wears an Oxford University t-shirt hasn't actually gone to Oxford University. Because if you have actually gone to Oxford University, you wear the shirt of your college. I know this because I lived there.
6: Oh, interesting. I I was did you go to the university? No, I work at the bookshop. Yeah. (laughs) It's like when you call someone out for wearing a Van Halen shirt. What's your favorite song? Yeah. Someone did that to my friend once. I'm like, you fucking asshole. Jump. Just let her go to Urban Outfitters. (laughs)
5: Yeah, Yeah. You fucking asshole. People who are wearing those like sweatshirts that say Oxford University are just tourists. That's funny. Little known fact. Cool. I have I have a shirt
0: that says Yale. Nice. I didn't go there. (laughs) Um. So I got it at Target. (laughs) (laughs) He said. Mulvaney said he found the growing deficit, which has reached almost a trillion dollars in 2019, is extraordinarily disturbing, but that neither party nor voters cared much about it. He added that Republicans were evolving since Trump took office and railed against his predecessor, John Kelly. Then he started talking about some stuff closer to what I uh, have. well, Let's just say this. He railed against the deep state, mm-hmm. uh, giving the audience examples of civil servants who he said were working against the Trump administration and added that it was frustrating that the administration could not fire more people who worked at agencies that would not implement the president's orders. Mm. Um, he, this is this, because remember, he's the guy who gave the speech, you know, if we can't fire these people who don't like Trump that work for the government, what we can do is we can move their job across country and then, mm. they, then they quit. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. ha ha, we found a way to get rid of them because mm-hmm. it's hard to fire a government employee. Mm-hmm. So he went off on that for a little while. But I just thought, interesting, Uh, examples of civil servants who he said were working against the Trump administration. I'd like to know what examples he gave. Mm -hmm. Um, In other news, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement have arrested two people in a Northern California courthouse, ignoring a state law, barring ICE from making arrests at such facilities. In a statement, they acknowledged the law, but said, our officers will not have their hands tied by sanctuary rules when enforcing immigration laws to remove criminal aliens from our communities. Oh, shit. They say that state laws can't overrule federal laws and will not govern the conduct of federal officers acting pursuant to duly enacted laws passed by Congress that provide the authority to make administrative arrests of removable aliens inside the United States.
6: Again, just cherry picking states'
0: rights. Yeah, again. And they use duly a lot. I feel like that's a, the new authoritarian word of the day. Ugh. Um, public defender Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Posse responded, saying people aren't going to come to court. Victims will refuse to show up. Cases will have to be dismissed. Um, Dem Rep Mike Thompson said the courthouse arrests would put everyone at risk when it comes to public safety, saying if the immigrant community feels less safe and more afraid, they're less willing to communicate and witnesses are less likely to come forward. That puts us all at risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remember that um, emergency meeting of federal judges? Uh, mm mm-hmm. First, I misspoke. Beryl Howell is not the leader of that group. Mm. Megan Cruz is the executive director of Mm. the Federal Judges Association, and she says the meeting was set to occur Wednesday afternoon, and the group was considering whether to issue a statement afterwards, but later in the day, the meeting of 14 judges was postponed. Cruz offered no further details. My guess is that they do too much attention to themselves, Mm -hmm. and most people didn't know that group even existed, so... So much so that Trump tweeted about it, actually, saying, I hope the Federal Judges Association will discuss the tremendous FISA court abuse that has taken place with respect to the Mueller investigation scam, including the forging of documents and knowingly using the fake and totally discredited dossier before the court. Thank you. Your dude
6: already did a whole investigation on it. That's what the IG is for, not what the Federal Judges Association is
0: for. Yeah, so. And there's nine things wrong with that statement. Um, FISA abuse that has taken place with respect to the Mueller investigation scam. Um, that was the Page investigation. It wasn't what opened the Russia investigation in the first place. Uh, and... The forging of documents. There weren't no, and um, he gave his shit clear. He has no idea. <laughs> and the fake, totally discredited dossier. <clears throat> it, it none of it's been disproven.
5: Yep, probably just give him flashcards with talking points on them. Dossier, <laughs> yeah, forging documents. Duly, yeah, <laughs> duly fake dossier,
0: dooley, yeah. elected dooley, <laughs> Pfizer, Pfizer, dooley wrong and nothing from the FISA warrants on Carter Page were used none of that evidence was used for anything it wasn't to open any investigations it wasn't predicate for anything they didn't charge him with anything right and it wasn't uh, they didn't they uh, Page had left the campaign by the time the first one was even got was even Mm -hmm. achieved was even submitted and and issued yeah
6: so and it doesn't matter how many times that is said they will still keep saying nobody gives a fuck about Carter Page all right Yeah, he was, like, lingering around Politicon, which is fine. It's a fine place to go, but... (laughs) It's a fine place to be as an American. Incredibly consequential people typically are not just hanging out on convention floors. (laughs) No offense. Yeah, we were there. Able to be approached by any organization
0: whatsoever that puts a microphone in front of your face. (laughs) Yeah. What a turd. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can see him by his hats. Mm Mm-hmm. You can pick him out
6: by his hats. Did Maybe you see Harry, Harry Reid's hat? No. Harry Reid came out saying that like Nevada should go first, yeah, in, in the caucuses. But he's just wearing an amazing hat. Like it looks like it's from what was that? Darkwing Duck? Like oh. the super super old. Let me see this. It's just could you actually could you possibly look it up? Let me. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh, oh, it's gone. Wait, can you look it up? What do I'm I? Google? Sorry. Harry Reid's hat. R- Harry, Harry Reid. Nevada. R-, R e i d. Yeah, R-E-I-D. Nevada. Yes. First. Let's see. Hmm. That hat. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, not okay. that one. If you go back. Oh. Right there. That one. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? Does it say something? It's mostly just the hat. Doesn't say anything. Oh, it's a Oh, wow. Look All at right. that hat. All, All right.
0: right. Let's, Let's see. <gasps> <laughs> isn't that such a
6: not politician that's a roger stone that is the
0: german from (laughs) raiders that's who that is he's wearing that hat oh my gosh i love it all right (laughs) we do have some good news today um you'll be happy to hear it so stick around we'll be right back Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Everybody can use help from time to time. I've personally experienced PTSD. I've needed support to help the healing process. And now BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in in many areas, but you can get through BetterHelp. And the service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if it's needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid's available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily. Here's a recent one from BetterHelp user M.A., after counseling with Michelle solo for two weeks, she said Michelle has helped me to better control my anxiety. She helped me to try and not compare my problems to other people and focus more on my happiness than the less likely consequences I think of. She's also very clear with ways I should try to improve myself, like slowly building up my courage to talk to my family about what I'm going through. I would definitely recommend Michelle to a friend or a family member. So visit BetterHelp.com slash That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Daily Okay, everybody, time for the good news. So, Kentucky is breaking records for registered voters. And the Dems have now outnumbered the Republicans in Kentucky. Holy shit. More than 3.4 million Kentuckians are now registered. That's a new high for the state. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Every eligible person who is not registered to vote, please do so by April 20th. That's the last day to register to vote in the May 19th primary. 420. Mm -hmm. You can remember 420, Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, according to the Kentucky secretary's office, um, secretary of state's office, 48 percent of Kentucky voters are Democrats. Forty three are Republicans. Nine are listed as Holy other shit. affiliations. Mm.
5: Yeah, this is this is in connection to yesterday's good news, which was in Midwestern cities in, in states where Trump won the last time. Uh, voter registration is off the charts and polling for likely or certain voters is also way higher. Excellent. Like people, are Democrats are more likely and more certain to vote this time in higher numbers. So, too oh, big fuck, to manipulate. Yeah. yeah and, That's amazing news. And mm-hmm. they said Kentucky had a relatively high voter turnout in 2019. Mm-hmm. He hopes
0: Kentuckians will show up strong at the polls this year to select both a president and a senator, as well as other state officials. Because mm-hmm. in 2019, Kentucky voters ousted Republican Matt Bevin from the governor's mansion, voting into Andy Beshear. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of his first acts as governor, Bashir signed an executive order restoring the voting rights of roughly 100,000 nonviolent felons in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, In November, Mitch McConnell is on the ballot, likely facing Amy McGrath. McGrath raised nearly $17 million in the last six months of 2019 in her bid to unseat McConnell, according to Newsweek.
5: God, music to my ears. Yeah. Why can't uh, Bill Gates,
6: can't you Bloomberg her? Yeah. Jesus. He could single handedly get rid of Mitch McConnell.
5: I know. (laughs) The only thing Bloomberg should be doing on the debate stage is saying, "I will give away all my money to improve this country." He Mm -hmm. did say that, and that should be all he says. (laughs) Um, Here's
0: another thing: 57 year old man was a a 57 year old man, not the 57 year old man, uh, was arrested for threatening the lives of Adam Schiff and Schumer, Chuck Schumer, following the impeachment of Donald Trump. According to the complaint, he left a voicemail on Adam Schiff's office calling him "Shifty Schiff," (laughs) which is a name he got from Trump.
6: Yeah, exactly. uh,
0: And said, "I dare you to come to New York. I'll put a bullet in your head. Holy, you can look up my phone." number if you think i'm joking and i'll come to washington and kill you oh my god then he called schumer's office and he invoked pelosi's name and said and let me tell you something somebody wants to assassinate you i'm going to be the driver and he'll shoot you from 200 yards away
6: jesus when
0: questioned the man whose name is lippa admitted to making the calls to schiff and schumer because he was upset about the impeachment proceedings and another man was indicted today in michigan for making a death threat against mark zaid that's the lawyer who represent the whistleblower in the Ukraine scandal. This guy, his name is Britton Anderson, Britton Anderson, apparently emailed the attorney in November calling him a traitor who must die a miserable death. Zaid got the email the day after Trump held up Zaid's photo and read some of his tweets during a rally. Um... And this email said, all traitors must die miserable deaths. Those that represent traitors shall meet the same fate. We will hunt you down and bleed you out like the pigs you are. We have nothing but time and you're running out of it. Keep looking over your shoulder. We know who you are. We know where you live and who you associate with. We are all strangers in a crowd to you. So Trump has tweeted about the whistleblower five dozen times since September. And that's according to Natasha Bertrand of Politico. So it's pretty easy to see where these people are picking up their... Yep. Yeah. Violent that's, threatening tendencies. It's going to be
6: awkward when that guy finds out who the real treason people are.
0: <laughs> awkward treason. <laughs> And uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has temporarily blocked Mississippi's six-week abortion ban for violating Roe v. Wade. This is the same court that previously struck down their 15-week abortion ban. This Mm -hmm. this is the heartbeat bill, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, where they say heartbeats at 15 weeks can't Mm -hmm. have it. Nope, I mean six weeks can't have it. They've uh, uh, the Fifth Circuit has temporarily blocked that.
6: That's a weird way to go on that sliding scale. Yeah, (laughs)
0: let's go less time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be more compelling. (laughs) So that was like pretty much the argument. if it ain't fifteen, it ain't six. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. try counting the other way.
5: Right, but there's still a lot of states who have these bills, right? Well, they aren't law yet. Okay, yeah. All right. But these are, being this is down. basically
0: a whole group of uh, pro-lifers from the Federalist Society mm-hmm. trying to get any of these up to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. so that they can chip away at the at specific parts of, yeah. of roe v wade yeah
6: where are the the ice-like agents for abortion that come into these states and say states can't do whatever they want there's federal law that saying <laughs> dictates that stay yeah. off their abortions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: states rights when it's
0: convenient mm-hmm.
6: yeah
4: but that is good news but
0: that it's not news. a federal law and that's one of the things i think that warren wants to make mm-hmm. um,
6: roe v wade is not a federal law
0: no, no i mean it's a federal decision oh
6: uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah, oh right but it's not like ma- yeah, there's mandated. yeah she wants a,
0: Ratify, make it a
5: law. Yes, make it. Mm -hmm. uh, I I I think she wants constitutional
0: amendment. Yeah, I think she
6: wants
5: Mm -hmm. to make it an amendment, but Mm -hmm. um, definitely a law.
0: She wants to canonize it, Mm -hmm. and she's not the only one. I'm sure there's
5: others. Mm -hmm. God, she was so good in last night's debate. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, Bernie will win Nevada.
0: Um, We'll see what the debate has. The South Carolina debate in five days. Jesus, it's gonna be. All primaries all the time from here I on know. out.
5: I mean, this Saturday is uh, is the Nevada will caucus. Will we ever pick a nominee or will we just live in purgatory forever? Wondering who the nominee will be. A lot of people,
0: <laughs> Nate, at, Nate Silver at 538, say uh, behind Bernie Sanders is no one, um, which means that it will be a contested um, convention, meaning that because there are so many people who are splitting the delegates, none of them are going to reach 1,990. Hmm. So that would be a contested convention. Um, but... And there's a, uh, I think, what was it, like a
5: 18% chance of that happening, at least as far as Nate Silver goes in 538, at, yeah. at
0: this point in time.
5: I don't think a lot of people are going to be happy if he gets the most delegates and doesn't get the nomination. I don't think people will be happy about that either. So, we shall see.
6: Yes. But again, then again,
0: yeah. Well, nah. the rule's pretty simple. You have to get 1,990 delegates. Yeah, mm-hmm, totally. And no one who doesn't get that does, gets to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I guess we figure out at the convention, mm-hmm. if someone has the m- more delegates, if that's going to be the nominee or they'll fight it out. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen a contested content, uh, convention personally. I've never seen one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I don't know if that means that none, none, have happened in my lifetime, but since I've been really closely paying attention mm-hmm. to politics, I don't think I've seen a contested convention. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Me neither. <laughs> we'll yeah. And people are
5: giving, that. you know, people are giving interesting answers about that saying, you know, um, uh, like someone asked Elizabeth Warren, do you think the nominee who gets the most delegates should be should be the person to be the nominee? And she was like, "No, I think the person who it can be Donald Trump should be the nominee." Hmm. Hmm. So mm-hmm. sort of saying, but then also are you are you saying the most
0: delegates including super delegates because you can bring them back now mm-hmm. um in a contested convention. So that would probably Hmm. be an issue i could see that being an issue if any specific candidate who didn't have the more more of the delegates issued by voters got more delegates from super delegates mm-hmm. whoever that was i could see there being who people upset about that
5: mm-hmm. yeah
0: so we need to be prepared for that
5: yeah it's gonna be a crazy ride not prepared for that eventuality <laughs> <laughs> that's not not, not bad that oh,
6: accent, that, yeah, yeah, that's
0: fantastic. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, <laughs> I got it from the Beatles. I can't do that shit for shit. Is that English? Um, I Welsh. Guess I was thinking Scott
6: Welsh. Very specific.
0: A Liverpool Liverpoolians. <laughs> well, Liverpool's and it's close to Wales. It's close to Wales. Yeah, nice. Um, Those are my people. I've just always if said that
5: I'm not prepared for that eventuality. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, what a shit show.
0: Yep. How do you feel? I used to use my hands. <laughs> okay. Y'all zoo, That's enough. <laughs> any any these
6: plans all, for the Are weekend all these ladies? references going over your head as well? Me? Yeah. No.
0: Oh, they are me. It's no. Beatles stuff.
5: Yeah. Oh, oh, I love the Never Beatles. heard
0: of them.
6: Love them. Boom. Love them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're kind of a boomer organization. <laughs>
6: <laughs> um, plans for the weekend. I'm yeah. going to Disneyland tomorrow Oh, with yeah, my that's right. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is your mom going to be there?
0: No. No. Fine up. No, she
6: then don't tell your mom I said that. She just got back from Hawaii, so she's resting.
0: Oh, oh yeah, cause <laughs> that's what I do when I get back from Hawaii is I rest, <laughs> rest up. Yeah, but traveling oh, but yeah. is a p- is a pain.
6: It is. Advice, yeah, so. she had a. She also. It I wasn't, would not like, want to go
0: to Disneyland the day after. Yes,
6: traveled. She also wasn't doing a typical like loungy trip to Hawaii. She was with her best uh, friend, lifelong best friend, and they were like doing hiking and all these excursions that were very physically demanding. So. The last thing she wants to do is walk around for eight hours. Totally, yeah. What I might you? go to the
0: zoo this weekend. Ooh, Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I'm a zoo member. It's such a good zoo. It's a good zoo. Yeah, yeah.
6: I haven't uh, I haven't been there in a while. That sounds really fun.
0: Zoo. Zoo, mm-hmm. like oh, she's a bullshit cat. They have this cat in a cage on the way to the elephant odyssey, and it just looks like a house cat. <laughs> it's like I'm like, and I call it the bullshit cat. I'm like, what the fuck, cat? You're not a
6: anything exotic. You're not exotic. I like to believe that it, it used to be like a more primitive looking cat, and one day someone just stole it and switched it and just walked away, and
0: <laughs> like nobody ever like, asked any meet questions. the questions
6: or whatever. Like, <laughs>
5: yeah, his yeah. tail's white. Mm-hmm. Come here, kitty. <laughs> All, all right. right. What are you doing? I, I'm, I'm really boring, but I think I'm going to do laundry. Nice. And clean my house. Very nice. Gym tan laundry. Woo! Very cool. Just some self care shit, you know? Sweet. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Get outside, get some fresh air. Mm hmm. It's been really nice out. Full it spring. It's been so nice. <laughs> Full spring. <laughs> all and right. My mom will be sad listening to this.
6: She, she's like, it's so fucking cold. Hey. Oh, that blows my mind that people are cold right now. <laughs>
5: My mind. See, privilege. (laughs) We'll be quiet now. Let's end the show. People are getting mad. Jesse
0: Egan, there's a big front of jealousy coming in (laughs) from the East Coast.
5: Uh, Everyone,
0: please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans.